Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to a brand new episode of All Turns, No Breaks. I am your host, Front Row Kenny, and you're like, wait, this isn't Renee. He's not doing the intro this time. What happened to Renee? Where is he at? Well, first off, I'll say he is away for this episode for the most part. he You will hear him later on for his predictions for the Bristol night race, so looking forward to that later, but Renee had some personal matter to take care of, so he did not join us for this episode, and actually... There was a little bit of a delay in this week's episode, and the reason why actually is not all because of that. So, obviously, today is Wednesday. I'll be recording this episode. The 2022 NASCAR Cup Series schedule just dropped today. So, I believe it is about 5 o'clock here right now where I'm recording. So, hopefully, I can get this up to you guys early as possible this evening um, that I'm recording this on. But, regardless, the schedule dropped, and I had a feeling that it would drop pretty soon. Um, obviously I work for NASCAR and I couldn't obviously say anything further than I know it's coming. I know it's getting ready to happen. So now it is officially out, which means actually I can talk about it on here, um, and give you guys a little bit more of a rundown on that. I will do that later on in the episode, but just to give a brief rundown of my weekend, I'm gonna be real. Renee probably had a way better weekend and he could probably tell you guys a thousand things better than what I did this past weekend. I really didn't do too much. I was Pretty much in the house for the most part. I watched the race. Um, I think Friday was probably the highlight of the weekend because I went out to dinner with my girlfriend. We went to a really nice Thai restaurant. That's probably about it. So <laughs> not a crazy, crazy amount of things going on in my life, but I'm sure Renee um, himself had a pretty exciting weekend. But I'm not going to hold you guys up too long, and this is probably going to be a shorter episode than normal, but um just to give you a brief rundown of what happened at Richmond, obviously Martin Truex Jr. won, and I talked about this last time. I said, look, going into this first round, just thinking about the dates of Darlington, Richmond, and Bristol this upcoming weekend, I personally felt like veterans are probably going to end up dominating this entire round. And so far, we've got two drivers who are veteran drivers. One happens to be a champion in Martin Truex Jr. that ended up winning the first two races of the playoffs, which is pretty um, unsurprising in my opinion. I'm sure some people might have thought otherwise. Obviously, Kyle Larson is a favorite to, you know, dominate throughout the playoffs and do his thing, which his dominance during his regular season has paid off. And so far in the first two races, decent races for him, not too bad at all. Second place finish at um a second place finish at Darlington earlier this earlier in the playoffs was perfect. That was just enough. Um you can't you can't really say that was a bad race. Um, his race at Richmond was pretty good. He finished in six, so a top 10 finish and a top five finish um, two weeks in a row isn't bad. And that should do you pretty well um, because I think it would have taken a catastrophic downfall for him to miss the next round of the playoffs, which at this point is no longer possible because he is locked in. I don't think mathematically it is possible for him to drop out. I believe he can drop spots, but he cannot mathematically be out of the playoffs. So therefore, he is into the round of 12. Um, so good news for the five team. They got that real early, but yeah, um, I, I thought the race was pretty decent. Um, you know, Richmond is a solid short track nighttime. Um, I'm always a daytime guy, of course, but I thought that racing was pretty good. You had a mixed bags of strategies. I mean, Denny Hamlin 
himself. He dominated most of the day. Almost how he did before at Richmond in the past. And he's had a great day, but just didn't win the race. That's just what happened. <coughs> Excuse me. So that, you know, I thought we got an okay race. I don't I don't know what more um to do about it, honestly. I don't know what more to say. I mean, we had a couple unfortunate incidents in that race that um took place on Saturday, but I'll give you guys a run of the top ten real quick. Martin Truex Jr. obviously won the race. Denny Hamlin came home in second. Christopher Bell came home in third, Chase Elliott fourth, Joey Logano in fifth, Kyle Larson, like I said before, in sixth. Another strong run for Ross Chastain. I thought he was actually going to win that race and be a uh, playoff spoiler. He came home in seventh. Kevin Harvick came home in eighth. Another solid finish for him. Kyle Busch finished in ninth, and Ryan Blaney finished in tenth. So solid days for all of those guys. Um, If we go notable, honestly, which I didn't really think much about initially, but there was a one-two-three finish with Joe Gibbs racing. So Truex, Denny, and Christopher Bell, they completed that. Solid day for them. All their playoff drivers have had had a great day at Richmond. Um, but not so much for a few other drivers. So if you look at Bubba Wallace, for example, he is not, he's a non-playoff driver, but Bubba Wallace didn't have a great day. He was just in everything that he could have ever possibly been. A tire went down on Kurt Busch's car, which was unfortunate. And he just ended up hitting it, being there wrong place, wrong time, cut a tire later on the race. And they finished on 32nd, not a fantastic day for that crew. But when you look at Kurt Busch as well, talking about him, he came home with 37th, a playoff driver. That day was just not meant for him, unfortunately. It was a rough day on his end, and I thought that going into this playoffs, he's definitely one of those guys who's going to end up sneaking their way in into the next round. He's won at Bristol in the past, so it wouldn't shock me if he was able to do it again. (laughs) If I'm being honest, it would be pretty interesting to see that happen. I think they've had like a very weird season where they've obviously won but it hasn't been like the best season in the world, but they've just been doing just enough to continue and obviously make themselves in the playoffs. So I think that's a pretty much a done deal. Um, Michael McDowell came home with 28th and another bad finish for him, unfortunately, in the first round. And that's going to end up leading him into a situation going into Bristol must win. It's very unlikely from what most would think, obviously. Um, if maybe we're going to Daytona at Talladega, I'd say, hey, you never know, clearly, because for whatever reason, he manages to find his way to stay around during those races. And obviously in Daytona early in February, he got that win and notched that one off very early and was booked into the playoffs 25 races before it even started. So, yeah, it's not really looking likely that they'll be the ones to also advance into the next round of the playoffs. So we'll see how that goes. But as far as anybody else is on the bubble, Alex Bowman is currently tied for 12th. Um, with Kurt Busch, and I think I believe he is the Kurt Busch by default right now is currently over him by just a tad bit. Um, for the tiebreaker, I forget what determines that tiebreaker, but um, Tyler Reddick is in 14th, he can point his way in for sure. Somebody else also has a bad day that can help him out. Um, William Byron is 18 points out of the cut, out of the cut line, so it's looking like he's gonna have to have a good day. Plus, some other things happening, like I said, in 16th currently is Michael McDowell, who is 38 points out, and it looks like that's going to be a must-win situation for him pretty much. So, yeah, it's been a very quick first round once you think about it. Honestly, I felt like we just started talking about the playoffs, but in reality, we only have eight weeks left um, of the NASCAR season, which is crazy. So, we're really picking it up and putting it down for the playoffs, but yeah, it's, it's been a good one so far. It'll be really interesting to see how everything pans out and who actually ends up 
into the next round and obviously going further than that, going to the round of eight into the championship to have a really, really deep playoff run. I personally feel like there's going to be someone like a Ryan Blaney who's been good enough this season. He's got three wins this year. That's going to be able to act their way into the next round, like, or at least into those late rounds. I feel like that's how he's going to end up getting in, which is crazy. But for some reason, if you look at his wins this season, a lot of right place, right time, and he takes advantage of it every single time. I mean, think about Atlanta, right place. Teammate helped him out a little bit, and he was like, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of this, and he did. Michigan, those last couple laps, and then at restart, he was right place, right time, and he was on it, and he captured another win. And for some reason with Blaney, it's always got to be something that's close, like super, super close. I don't know what it is with him um, and close finishes, but they keep happening. Obviously, we've got Talladega coming up, and that's one of the places where he has one of the closest finishes in NASCAR history. So, yeah, it wouldn't shock me, but we'll see. Um, I think everything so far has been relatively normal. Um, I am kind of surprised at Alex Bowman. I thought he would have had a, a whole lot of a stronger run at at Richmond and maybe won it again like he did in the spring. So, yeah, it'll be really interesting. And same thing with Tyler Reddick at Bristol. He's really, really good there. So it wouldn't shock me if they have a solid top 10 day, and that top 10 day might just be enough or even a top five run. I mean, he really enjoys that track. He's a really good driver there. So we'll see if he can take advantage. Same thing with Christopher Bell, who is obviously um doing okay in the playoffs so far, and he's also very good at Bristol as well. Um, a lot of the dirt track, a lot of the dirt drivers, um, really do enjoy that track. Like Chris, like I said, Christopher Bell, your Kyle Larson, um, your Tyler Reddick, your Alex Bowman, and he's not in the playoffs, but Chris Busher is also, um, pretty good at Bristol. It's one of his favorite tracks. So we'll see how that pans out. And we'll talk a little bit more later about what I think and who's going to actually win the race at Bristol. But, before we move on to the 2022 schedule, just got to talk about Dale Jr. real quick. He had himself a day. He came back to race as one race of the year like he has been doing ever since he retired. Um, came home in 14th, not the greatest day, but I think um, he had a solid one. Honestly, he he raced well, and I think he really enjoys tracks like that. And He also talked about how much he enjoys racing with the Xfinity Series, which does put on quite a show. I really do enjoy it. I know we don't talk about it on here as much but i think it's a great product like the on-track product is really really good um a lot of great young personalities throughout the field so yeah it was a good day for him you know they came home and did what they had to do um his company car ended up winning noah Gragson two wins in a row and climbed the fence twice in two weeks he wanted darlington and he got it at richmond so yeah um banner day for junior in a weird way but yeah it was kind of cool to see him back in the car and the car was sharp i thought it was a pretty cool um, paint scheme. I'm sure that diecast will sell well. <laughs> no doubt about it. Whenever it does come out, but yeah, that was pretty much all that happened at Richmond for the most part. And yeah, excited for Bristol being the cutoff race and the final race for the NASCAR Xfinity Series in their regular season. So yeah, it should be a pretty good one this weekend. All the race and action begins on Thursday night. You've got ARCA and you've got the trucks. Then you also have. Um, Xfinity on Friday and then on Saturday to close it out with the Bristol night race um, with the Cup Series. So, yeah, it should be a really, really good weekend of racing. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys are as well. But without further ado, we're going to talk more about the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series schedule. Now, for the most part, I think just about everything is pretty much the same right now. Of course, we've got some exceptions now. 
Pocono no longer has two races. They're only going to have one race weekend this year. Same thing with Dover. That sticks as Nashville returns um, for another year, which I'm actually excited about. I really like that track. Then, of course, we've got some pretty interesting additions to the schedule. The L.A. Coliseum is now going to be where the Bush Clash was. So, yeah, we're getting a race at the L.A. Coliseum, same place where the University of Southern California plays, right? It's kind of crazy. Um, I, I won't say I'm a U.S. I'm, not, I'm definitely not a USC fan, Florida Gators fan by <laughs> all day, every day. But I remember in the early 2000s how good that USC team was. I'm talking like Matt Leinard and Reggie Bush. Man, I used to watch them play all the time. And he's playing the video game because they were just that good. Um, so yeah, they're going to actually build a short track in the LA Coliseum, not to be confused with the Rose Bowl. Just want to make sure that's clear. There's two different, um, venues we're talking about the Rose Bowls for the big bowl game, um, usually in January. But then we're also talking about the LA Coliseum where USC plays all their home games during the regular season, um, which USC is having quite a start to the season. I think they fire their coach within two games, which is a, very strange. <laughs> Not sure why that happened, but I don't watch Pac-12 football that often. But yeah, that's very crazy. But still, they're going to build a track within the uh, Coliseum and it's going to be asphalt and it's going to be a very, very short track legitimately. And honestly, I think that's good. So what I thought about initially as a lot of fans had talked about the Bush Clash the Bush Clash has been at Daytona for Lord knows when, and it's only probably had a few changes, which is was last year with the road course, right? So we've had that happen, and it's switched from daytime to nighttime before, right? So we've had those things happen, but you know, people still say, well, we want to see something different. It's just like the All-Star Race. We switched the venue again. It's going back to Texas again, but still, the venue switched, right? So the, the Bush Clash is not going to, I don't, I believe it's not going to be called called that but it is moved to the coliseum it's on a short track and it's going to be the debut of the next gen car on national television which is kind of crazy right one week before the super bowl in a very very huge market los angeles is a massive market to be having a race in and at a place like that i am really excited to see how it turns out i frankly think that's a cool thing hopefully i can somehow some way um, find my way out there. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. <laughs> that would be real fun because I think it's gonna be a real cool event. Um, a very very popular venue in sports for one, no doubt about it. And it should be something. To, it should be something to watch. I mean, we get to really get a chance to see how these cars are gonna work on a in quote short track. Right? May not be purpose built, so to speak, in terms of like a venue like Richmond, Bristol, or wherever else. But it's something different. And I mean, it's an exhibition race. I think that's the fun of it. If if we're going to go different and we're talking exhibition, I think doing things outside of the box is probably the coolest thing you can do. It's not necessarily always going to be super duper traditional, this, that, and the third. It's changed. I don't think the same level of attention folks have for the Bush class like it used to be in the 80s and the 90s is there, right? From the initial how you got in, if you... If six cars made it, six cars made it. So if you got a pole or whatever the qualifications were back then, that was it. So you might have seen a couple cars come out there and they might run their race, boom, for the cash money. That's it, right? Obviously, I would hope, you know, maybe there could be some type of incentive like that. But still, I just think it's a real cool way to open up the season before we hit Daytona. It's going to be pretty cool um, for sure from a fan perspective. I mean, 
I have no idea how the views are going to be like in the stands, but I imagine there's really no bad seat to have. Honestly, there really shouldn't be a bad seat. You should be able to see everything from any angle. If you're on the back of whatever the back stretch will be or where the front stretch is or where pit lane is, I think you're going to have a very, very cool view of that racetrack. I don't know if they're going to put stands down below or, or have like temporary or anything like that. No idea. There's a lot more details to be developed, obviously, since this is brand new. Um, but yeah, it'll be real cool. I'm looking forward to that event. I think it's going to be a crazy one. Now, another addition to the schedule is going to be Gateway. Believe it or not, St. Louis is on the NASCAR Cup Series schedule for the first time ever. So this is going to be real cool. That track has been on the nation. Excuse me. Jesus, I'm dating myself. The Xfinity Series and the Truck Series at one point in time. It was on that schedule. And I think it's a pretty solid racetrack. I also enjoy it for IndyCar as well. That track actually, that race was just not long ago, actually, um, in August. So, yeah, looking forward to that brand new track on the schedule. I think people should be pretty excited for that one. That's a really good market to tap into um, out there in the Midwest. Obviously, a date lost with Chicago. You throw it down to St. Louis, and then you've got yourself uh, another race down there, which is real cool. So, um, looking forward to that. Um, another notable um, addition to the schedule. Well, I guess you could say this is was known, but uh, the Bristol Dirt Race will be ran on Easter Sunday in prime time. So it'll be a night race this time instead of a daytime race. So I'm pretty intrigued by that. I'm actually really interested to see how that pans out, especially at night. I feel like night racing um, on the dirt is a whole lot better from what I know. Don't quote me because I'm not like a super dirt expert. I won't I won't play like I am. But that's just what I've um what I've observed so far. But yeah, it will be cool. Um, but yeah, I think those are really the major things that have changed in the schedule. We've got a lot of really cool racetracks returning: Road America, Coda, um, the Indianapolis Road Course. As of now, is still returning. So yeah, it's um it's gonna be real cool. I can't wait um to see how the season unfolds. But there's also some more slight changes. So if you look at the playoffs for next year, the round of sixteen looks a little bit different. Now it'll be Darlington. It'll be Kansas on September 11th weekend. Bristol. That'll be the first three races. Round of 12 is going to be Texas, Char- Texas, Talladega, and Charlotte, the Roval. And then the round of eight will be Las Vegas, Homestead, which is making a return to the playoffs, which is great, and Martinsville. Then the championship still is going to be hold- held at Phoenix. The one I'm excited about is obviously Homestead. That is one of my favorite tracks on the schedule. It puts on a great deal of racing for a half mile track i mean it is fantastic so to have that in the late stages of the playoffs gives you almost that feel like we're back where we used to have it in a championship race but it's definitely great to have that one at the end of the season i think it'll be a real good one it's gonna the pictures are gonna look great <laughs> that's one thing i do remember about miami um being the championship races those sunsets are just absolutely gorgeous so Looking forward to that one, and it's going to be a great season next year. We've got a brand new car, brand new faces and different rides. It's going to be fun. So looking forward to seeing how everything pans out for the uh, 2022 season. And, uh, yeah, I think that'll pretty much wrap it up for the schedule side. And I think um, I want to know what you guys are feeling. Yeah, I just want to know what you guys are thinking about the schedule and how you guys are feeling as we continue to make these different changes. I think it's great. We had last year with a bunch of sweeping changes that made a – world of a difference and then now you have where your schedule kind of settles in yeah one or two things here and there and then there you go we've got ourselves a little bit of a little bit of a change for 2022 but some welcome changes and should be some really exciting ones so for my fans that may have not been to these venues hey get your tickets you don't know how long they'll be on the schedule we no, no nobody knows right so yeah we'll see how that pans out but 
I think that's going to really do it for most of the episode. I think it's a perfect time to actually talk about predictions or predictions, however Renee may say it. <laughs> it's time for race predictions. All right. So, Renee, who you got? Hey, guys, Renee Garcia here. All turns, no breaks. Here are my predictions here for Bristol Motor Speedway this weekend. All right, here I'm going with this pick, and I'm going to stick with them. My main pick, none other. Not a popular one, but I'm probably going to go with Joey Logano. The number 22 is going to be my main pick. My alternative pick, I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney. That's right. Ryan Blaney as my alternative pick. Joey Logano as my main pick. Those are my picks. Kenny and I am sticking with him. Hope to be back on the podcast next week. Too much going on this week. But I miss you guys. Please continue to listen to All Turns No Breaks. Please continue to pip us out to your friends and to your family. Thank you for your support. Keep listening to All Turns No Breaks and we will see you next week. And I will be there. I guarantee that. All right, so those are some pretty good picks. You know, I think your picks are always solid. They usually line up. Either we get them close or we, like we did the first weekend of the playoffs, we ended up getting both Both of us got the race winner right. Yeah, that's the crazy part. I had to think about it for a moment. Yeah, both of us ended up getting the race winner right. So, yeah, that was crazy. We picked Denny Hamlin um, for that one. So, for this one, for Bristol, my main pick is actually going to be Kyle Busch. Another veteran, obviously. Hopefully, I can go three for three on this. And actually, I can still, maybe, because I'm going to pick his brother as my alternative pick. I'm going with Kurt Busch. They're both really, really good at Bristol. So, looking forward to see what they do. Um, and the Bristol night race should be a fun one on Saturday night. Looking forward to that race. Always a marquee date, no doubt about it. So, we'll see how that pans out. And with that being said, just want to say thank you guys for always listening to All Turns No Breaks podcast. We could not do this without you guys. Make sure you guys are following us on all of our socials at Turns No Breaks. You can follow me on my personal social at Front Row Kenny. You can also follow Renee at Renee Garcia. And yeah, that's all I got for y'all. So once again, thanks you guys for tuning in to another episode of All Turns No Breaks. Hey, y'all don't forget, stay hydrated. You know I'm going to say it. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. 